Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we check in with Brian Wild in Montreal, Global Montreal's sports guy, as the Habs could make the Stanley Cup final Thursday night. My goodness, could it happen? How is it happening? What is happening? We'll get into it on the podcast. Right now, we want to head to Montreal because the Canadians are one went away from making the Stanley Cup final. Who would have thunk it? It is true that every few years, a team just gets it all together at the right moment. They go on a run. You look at the Blues a couple years ago. The Preds in 2017 didn't win the Cup, but they got there as the eighth seed. The 2012 LA Kings as the eighth seed won the Cup. Even the 06 Edmonton Oilers, right? Hockey is a random sport, and here's Montreal again, one win away from making the final. And they can do it on home ice in roughly... 24 hours time we head now to montreal we find global montreal's brian wild brian what's the mood like in the city right now oh it's pretty crazy um i mean nobody thought any of this was coming they got off to a good start and then covid hit and then they played really poorly to conclude the season so everybody was pretty down and the general manager was on the verge of being fired if they didn't win that game five in overtime against Toronto and then win again and then win again you know so like I think his job only became safe after beating Winnipeg so none of this was expected so there's just so much excitement over what seems like you know the greatest gift to society here in a long long time considering everybody trying to make it through COVID in a situation that was just terrific before that well, and you, you see the scenes when they cut on TV to the the parties in the streets in Montreal, and there's a bunch of people crowded together, and it's just it coincides with this kind of reopening to some degree of Quebec and Canada with a team that now has a chance to go through to the Stanley Cup final, and I'm sure the the ex, the surprisingness is part of it, but certainly the fact that this is coming at a time where we've been all kind of locked inside for a year and a half has to add to the feeling in Montreal, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a it's a really great point because I think as a society and as a people and being in curfew for a long time here in Quebec, we were in curfew from like Jan 9 to May 15. Like we hunkered down to beat this because Quebec was the worst province for a long time. So you're right. When you go a year and a half and there's just really no happiness in life at all and it transforms to society opening and, you know, your beloved Montreal Canadiens actually doing the unthinkable, these are, these are some good days coming out of some bad ones for sure. Now, if we flash back to the bubble and Montreal's success, again, it was not expected, but young guys stepping up, Carey Price was excellent, they surprise a lot of people are we not seeing pretty much the exact same thing this year as we saw in the bubble yeah i think so but just to a greater degree i mean they 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 went farther because but you know the bubble was a weird time i don't know what it felt like in in your world but uh in the montreal world it was just such a weird time in life it was as if no one was into it you know nobody was watching or the excitement level wasn't that high I mean they didn't actually go far they won the first round which was a play-in so they never really won a playoff round so that they've gone so much farther at society opening up I think it's made all the difference in the world but from a hockey point of view yeah it's very similar 
you had uh, Kutkinyemi and Suzuki breaking out as 20 and 21 year old uh, centers, and they've added to what they were able to do last summer, this summer. So I think that is very similar, but the team is stronger. You know, the team is stronger. Bergevin added a lot of players that have really made a difference. So from that point of view, I think it is kind of similar, but at the same time, it's different because last year for me was really unexpected. I mean, they were terrible. They were 24th. You know, they shouldn't have been there. Uh, And then for some reason, Pittsburgh didn't show up. So there was no surprise when what happened to Philly uh, happened with Philly. But uh, this, they were a better team. I mean, I know they were only 18th, but they were playing five and eight and four and six for two months. And they had some older players, especially on defense. And I think they got exhausted. And after getting a rest, they were much better players. Yeah, I guess, yeah, to clarify my, my point, yeah, you're right. It, it's not quite the same. It, it was kind of a precursor to see maybe what was to come with some of the young players like Suzuki. Oh, I agree completely. And Kotkaniemi. I agree completely, especially at center. You're absolutely right that, um, you know, we saw the first signs that they could compete in a playoff atmosphere, especially Suzuki uh, really coming of age. He's looking like he may become a point-per-game player in the NHL considering he's only 21 as achieved so much. So you're spot on there and you're spot on, on, on Kotkaniemi as well. Uh, somehow just being a better player in the playoffs than the regular season. And then you add Cole Caulfield into the mix too. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this looks like a steal, right? At 15, this looks like a real steal of a draft pick for Trevor Timmons to get Cole Caulfield at 15. I mean, just imagine you're playing, you know, at Wisconsin and uh, they end up being disappointing in the end um, in NCAA uh, playoff. And then they go from Wisconsin to the NHL where the last games of the season are extremely competitive. And then the playoffs are up five notches from there. And this is his first taste of the NHL. And he looks like he belongs so much that he could be, a real star in the making, you know, you don't want to put, you know, I don't want to put anyway too much there because it is such a small sample size, but what a sample. Absolutely. And so we look at this now where they are one went away from it and the fourth line of, of many teams, <laughs> you look at the Winnipeg yeah. Jets, the fourth line was not a really much of a contributing factor, but Corey Perry was out there for anyone to grab near yeah. near the start of the season. Eric Stahl, yeah. they, they bring in Eric Stahl, and you know, we know Yoel Armia well in these parts. He was sent there as a cap dump for Steve Mason's contract, but the, mm-hmm. the that line, did anyone ever imagine them being the offensive uh, dynamos of this team, per se? No, not at all. But you know what? I mean, if you're going to like find success in the playoffs, there's no matter what team you are, there's going to be a surprise, right? You don't get there with just the exact same people doing what you have expectations that they do. There's always some sort of crazy thing that happens. And this reminds me of the uh, 1990 Cup that the uh, Edmonton Orders got. And they were expected to do nothing. And then suddenly Bill Ranford turns into this amazing guy. And then the fourth line at the time becomes the first line, which was Marta Angelina, Joe Murphy, and, and Adam Gray. And so it's kind of like this fourth line, you're like, well, you know, can they, can they not get crushed and give the team eight minutes? And instead they're, you know, 
playing against the second line sometimes, cycling down low and wasting 50-second shifts at the best, uh, worst of times and scoring goals at the best of times. And you're absolutely right about Perry. I mean, anybody could have had him. I don't even think Benjamin was that interested in him, right? I mean, even when he took him, it was sort of like so late in the game, he went, oh, I thought, I thought the Canadians already had their roster. And then he comes onto, onto the scene. And the same thing with Stahl that I mentioned about the fatigue. I mean, he was just – he looked terrible. He looked terrible. He was minus uh, 12, I believe he was, at two points in 20 games. And then suddenly this. And that's a shock. And if you're going to go far, there are shocks. But not a shock is the play of Carey Price. You pretty much have to have a, a really good goalie to go far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The, the odd time you see someone like, you know, Anthony Niemi won a cup and no one's going to put him in the Hall of Fame. But, it you know, for the most part, great goalies are needed. And Carey Price has long been considered a great goalie of this generation. But one of the reasons why Montreal was looked poorly upon and why they struggled a lot this season was because Carey Price for the first half of the season wasn't very good. He was hurt in the mm-hmm. second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And so here we are in the playoffs. And guess what? The old Carey Price is back. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, he was 901 in the regular season. That's terrible, 901. Awful. You have, and it's another reason that nobody predicted there was going to be any success if your number one guy you're relying on is 901. And now he's turned that into, I think it was 931 before last night. So I assume it's around 933 now. But his last three playoffs have been uh, 9-3-6, 9-3-3, and now this 9-3-3. And against regular seasons, his last three, he averages out at 9-0-1. So, I mean, nobody wants to say that, you know, he's, he's got to bust his hump in the regular season like he does in the playoffs. I mean, there are some things that, are, you know, you can't figure out because obviously nobody's going to suggest he's not trying his ass off in the regular season. But the results are there. Three playoffs of 9-3-3, and 9-3-6. I mean, that's the carry price that the players always vote as the best goaltender in the world, not the regular season guy. So, yeah, that's absolutely, you know, I mean, you can't go far without goaltending. It's, the thing that's weird about goaltending, though, always, we, we know this, is we just don't know who's going to be the one that shines. St. Louis wins the cup behind Bennington, and since then he's like an also-ran. Huh? You just yeah. don't know, right? It, that's the weirdest thing about goaltending. You'd always say, oh, somebody's got the pedigree. But if you look at the cup winners, the pedigree is like 55% of the time it's pedigree and 45% of the guy is time it's some guy putting in a 9-3-5 you barely even heard of. Well, you look at 2018, Holtby was amazing, and he was great for a while. Now he's a backup in Vancouver. Before that, you have Fleury with Pittsburgh and Murray in Pittsburgh. Murray's now in Ottawa struggling to stay healthy. Fleury's been great with the Vegas Golden yeah. Knights, though. he. But Murray, Murray is a great example yeah. of that, I think. I mean, that's a perfect example. It's like steals the job, wins the cup, and you're like, what? And then Bennington, same thing, steals the job, wins the cup. Uh, and you, you mentioned earlier in this segment uh, uh, in Chicago, Anti Niemi. Niemi, you're like yeah. who? Right. And who <laughs> wins the cup? Is I, I actually, you know, I've been interested in this because everybody was talking about, you know, all the Habs fans are like, well, we got Carey Price, we got, and I was like, well, hold it now, it's not a, it's not fit accompli that just because you have a great goaltender, he gets hot at the right time. So I did go back like 20, 25 years, and it's it's about half, you know, goalie with pedigree wins you the cup versus goalie that gets hot at the right time without necessarily pedigree wins you the cup. It's like half-half. It's kind of shocking. 
Uh, but it's worked out for the Habs this year for sure. Pedigree guy, hot at the right time. Yeah, and Flurry completely gifted Montreal Game Three. But uh, we'll uh, oh, we'll, my word. we'll get out of here on this. What is it going to take for them to to seal the deal tomorrow night? Score first, as they've been doing, because I mean their entire uh, way of playing is predicated upon scoring first. I mean, if they have to open up the game at any point, I mean, it, I mean, it have, when's the last time they were down two? I, I don't even think they have been. Well, game one, you know, Sid. Yeah. Uh, were they down game two in game one? Well, they lost 4-1. Oh, of course. Right. <laughs> uh, but that's it since, like, the game four against Toronto. Yeah, okay. So, right. And and Winnipeg, of course, too. But, I mean, you're exactly right. But as it goes overall, they haven't been down two. And if they've been down two, then they've gotten, you know, to change the style and have gotten into a lot of trouble. But uh, that's the only thing that they have to be anxious about is – you know, even if they're down one, they don't change their style. You know what I mean? It's only down two that they get in trouble. So if they score first and then they get to play the type of game that, you know, everybody thought when they watched Colorado Vegas, right? Everybody went, wow, these two teams are flying. And then they run into this team that's not interested in flying. I mean, they're just, they're sticks in the mud, right? <laughs> they're, just, true. they're just, they're just glue. They're just like, they're trying to gum up the entire thing. I mean, it's not pretty, you know, like I love hockey. And uh, this is not pretty hockey. Uh, this is this is gumming up the gears of the game here to get it done. And um, you know, in this city, everybody's okay with that because the results are beautiful. But uh, I think everybody would much rather watch Colorado versus uh, Las Vegas than this, right? Well, we'll see if it's uh, Montreal Tampa or Montreal Islanders if they can mount a rally. Man, a Montreal Islanders final! My goodness, what what decade are we in? But uh, appreciate this, Brian, and uh, maybe we'll have to give you a call next week if the uh, Habs can seal the deal here. Well, you're more than welcome to, and uh, I hope to be uh, somebody on the other end that you need to talk to because the Canadians are still playing. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come.